Welcome back to the podcast and as always, let's get straight into it. Today, we are going to discuss the Big Five Aspects Scale, which is a personality test. Now, before you go, I'd like to say that I understand personality tests are kind of like taboo and no one really essentially takes them or if they do, they're really forced, they're being forced to take it at work or something. And so I'd like to just introduce optimism into our conversation here by saying that this is by far my favorite personality test because it includes the big five, but it also has an interesting part of it, which we'll uh, briefly detail during our introduction. This test is by Dr. Jordan Peterson, who is a clinical psychologist, and he's also pretty much famous. Now, of course, there is no one in the world that you should agree 100% with. However, this is the one thing that I see eye to eye with Dr. Jordan Peterson. This test can be found at understandmyself.com, and with a small fee, you can go for it. It is recommended that you don't take it more than once. I have, and I recommend it as long as, you know, you the whole point of it is that you know you don't introduce bias in the second or third round so as long as you can control that you should be good however teach their own everyone knows themselves more than i could ever so the big five which are seen in multiple other personality tests are agreeableness conscientiousness extroversion neuroticism and openness to experience This test takes it a step further, not just by testing you on the major traits, but by specifically testing you on their aspects, which I'll list here in a second, and compares the aspects against each other to give more insight into your personality. For example, agreeableness consists of compassion, politeness, and conscientiousness consists of how industrious and orderly you are. So for example, And this is not exactly how it's done because I didn't make the test. But let's say politeness and how industrious you are are compared against each other to give more insight. Um, And during the description, I believe this will make a lot more sense. To go through the rest, the third is extroversion, which consists of enthusiasm and assertiveness. Neuroticism, which consists of withdrawal and... um, volatility, and openness to experience, which consists of openness and intellect. From now on, what I do read will be part of Dr. Doran Peterson's site, so these are not my own words, but I'll jump around from the description and I will have a little insight into some of the results that I got. Remember that each personality trait and aspect and your relative position with respect to them has advantages and disadvantages. It is for that reason that variation exists in the human population. There is a niche for each personality configuration. Much of what constitutes success in life is therefore the consequence of finding the place in relationships, work, and personal commitment that corresponds to your unique personality structure. Agreeableness. I was personally very high in agreeableness. And just to give kind of a quick sight into this, Dr. Jordan Peterson um, marks you or scales you by a percentile. For example, let's say I got 
96th percentile in agreeableness, which consists again of compassion and politeness. Um, if I was one of 100 people in a room, I would be more agreeable than 96 of them and less agreeable than three of them, which is a really agreeable person. <laughs> Back to Dr. Jordan Peterson. People high in agreeableness are nice, compliant, nurturing, kind, naively trusting. However, because of their tendency to avoid conflict, they often dissemble and hide what they think. People low in agreeableness are not so nice. Stubborn, dominant, harsh, skeptical, competitive. However, they tend to be straightforward, even blunt, so you know where they stand. People with exceptionally high levels of agreeableness are seen by others as extremely cooperative, warm, and considerate. They are remarkably likely to look for and even sometimes to see the best in others and are unusually interpersonally tolerant. They cannot stand seeing someone's feelings get hurt and are extremely concerned about the emotional state of others. They tend exceptionally towards submissiveness rather than dominance. People with exceptionally high levels of agreeableness are remarkably forgiving, accepting, flexible, gentle, and patient. They feel pity for those who are excluded, punished, or defeated. They are very insistent that people must work cooperatively and believe that competition, with its losers and winners, is morally wrong. However, extremely agreeable people can be easily taken advantage of, of course, particularly by disagreeable people. Uh, Women are higher in agreeableness than men. Agreeableness, per se, is not strongly associated with political liberalism or conservatism, but this is because the aspects of agreeableness predict such political belief in opposite ways and cancel each other out. There are large differences between men and women in terms of spontaneous interest, and these also appear associated with agreeableness. Agreeable people caring as they do for others are more likely to enter professions associated with people, such as teaching and nursing, which are dominated by women. This is true even in the Scandinavian countries, where attempts to produce gender-equal societies has reached the maximum. Now, going into the two aspects of agreeableness. First is compassion, and second is politeness. Now, I scored high, or I could say extremely high, in the actual trait of agreeableness and the aspects of compassion and politeness. So it's important to know that what I am reading from this report is for me. And so in that sense, um, it it does give you, you know, if you are extremely the trade or not. And so you guys could get the balance. But for example, if I were to get moderate in something, um, it wouldn't necessarily give you the same results i don't believe so but we'll we'll see what the other moderate ones say into compassion very compassionate people are primarily interested in the problems of other people and other living things they are strikingly concerned about helping other people avoid negative emotion they constantly make time and do kind things for others even when doing so interferes with fulfilling their own needs and interests they have a very soft side Other people consider them sympathetic and nice and will turn to them remarkably often for a listening ear. They are very empathetic and caring. However, 
because they are so other-oriented, they find it remarkably difficult to negotiate on their own behalf and may not get what they deserve for their hard work. This can lead to intense resentment. Those who are liberal politically score somewhat higher in compassion than conservatives. Women are also higher in compassion than men. Politeness. Very polite people are strikingly deferential to authority and are uncommonly obedient. They are frequent, frequently respectful and hate to appear or to be pushy. They are typically uncomfortable challenging other people. Very polite people will try diligently to avoid conflict and have an intense desire to steer clear of confrontations or fights. Now, I laugh at that because that's literally mean. What I do believe back to me now is that throughout all of these aspects these traits and aspects is that i i honestly believe there shouldn't i don't want to say a balance but there should there should be the result of it not having such a bad or negative impact on our life for example um since i got such high scores in agreeableness and compassion politeness there should be a balance of that for me. Like, I, w- I, I wouldn't want to be the 50th percentile because, and now I wonder, what if you're, like, moderate in everything, right? Like, that's that's probably a question for next time. If you're moderate, if you're the 50th percentile, in all of these traits and aspects, then does that mean that your personality is less strong? Because in this sense, because I'm so high in agreeableness and so low in extroversion, right, that gives me a strong personality, a push towards a certain um, stereotypical person, which is an introvert versus an extrovert, for example. So that's a question that we can delve into next time. However, I do believe that perhaps being exceptionally high in agreeableness, for example, does have more of its cons than its pros especially in in my career and so that's something that you know I did know through this test two years ago and something that I have been working on it's a byproduct of also my upbringing not necessarily just you know it's nature and nurture at the same time but more of the nurture in this in this example and so for I mean if you could find out your scores and be completely happy with them but in the case that you are or in the case where you want to change it a bit this is what this is good for you can you can tell now or i can tell from just the agreeableness and its aspects why i behave certain ways whether it's at work or at home or with school or with friends and that gives me insight that i perhaps didn't have before and so i i read kind of the introductions of each agreeableness had a lot more you know describing politically you know where you stand if you're extremely high in agreeableness i do think that there is a lot more to delve into with this on a personal level perhaps on the podcast but i'm hoping to do with this is to go ahead and really break it apart um and for me the way that i do that is that i do have a list of things that i'd I'm not necessarily too happy with in my life. For example, one of them is um, I'm really not assertive at all and I hate confrontation. And those are two different things, but they impact me every single day of my life. 
And so I can tell, you know, it is impacted by how agreeable I am. It is impacted by how much compassion and politeness I have. And so that's one of the things that I could work on. And in, in that, what that means in actual terms of actions, right? Because we're, we're here about taking a thought to action. One of the things which we already started doing is reading and listening to people who we don't necessarily agree with, who are the opposite of us. Remember Gail Strawson? for example, about narrativity. I mean, reading about something that I don't believe in or that I don't understand or that I have not done is important to that. And second of all, to talk to people that I don't agree with, which I, I have found a couple. It's easier said than done, man. It's like really hard. But I do believe now that I'm my intention before all of this was when I enter conversations or when I enter a meeting I want to keep the peace. I want to keep everyone happy. I don't want anyone upset. And so what you end up doing is you have to, you know, whether it's a family meeting or, you know, a work meeting, you try to basically just reduce as much negative emotion as possible. And you try to read everyone in the room and to make sure everyone's good and to kind of mediate. And it's, it takes a lot of work. And it makes it, like they said, it's other-oriented. It's more about other people. And you lose arguments for the sake of the fact that you don't like confrontation. So those are the two actions that I'm taking right now, besides obviously writing and reading more about some of the traits. And so I, I do list on a daily basis some of the things that I don't like, and I put that on a big list. Um, and then when I am reading things like this, I tend to look back and I'm like, hey, this is actually one of the things that I said that I don't necessarily like and that I'd like to change. Does this mean going down to the 50th percentile in agreeableness? No. Maybe going down to 80 or 85 is, is a good idea or maybe even just a couple points. And the whole point of it is really to just find a healthy boundary and a healthy balance for me. What What part or what level or what percentile of agreeableness of being polite and having compassion am I comfortable with or what point or percentile or average do I feel like I'm contributing to this to society but at the same time being myself and giving myself the value and the attention um, and the respect that I need based on how agreeable I am right so it is a balance between you and the outside world it is a balance about you being happy, right? And how much is enough when it comes to interacting with the external. And so I, I honestly believe we only touch the surface of agreeableness and politeness and compassion. But I am definitely looking forward to uncovering more about conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism, and openness to experience in the next few podcasts. We'll do a podcast for each of them. However, at some point, we do have to move for personality, although it's my favorite topic, and we have to discover other parts of identity. So again, as always, I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for listening. Please go take the test and follow along with me. Maybe we can compare notes and have a wonderful day.